mahogany. Yes. Terrence. Mm-hmm. Breaks. Yeah. The Jeff. Astral Planer Adventures. <laughs> and me. Big fan of the word ass play in what he just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little selective editing, but yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to go in and edit so that what Jeff said was ass play. Yeah. <laughs> adventures. Ass play adventures. <laughs> it sounds edited, but I'm going to choose to believe it. Seems legit. Oh, I left the door open. Oh. I don't want to get up. It's so hot. I just want the AC coming in the room. <laughs> All right, hold on. Shut that door. We've got fun to have. <laughs> you're going to have it and you're going to like it. Uh, I really need to throw away that beer can pyramid. <sighs> How do you not topple it regularly? <clears throat> Gross. Hair is glued together. <laughs> it's glued together with rancid beer. <laughs> Ew. I'm kidding. I don't. I only drink out of bottles. You know that they're not clean bottles, but they're bottles, yeah. which is arguably a much more difficult pyramid to build. It's true, <laughs> and harder to clean up. Also true, especially if you knock it over. Um, I guess to build a beer bottle pyramid, they all have to be balanced on top of each other and do not have to depend on each other for, eh, well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> mm. Like butt to mouth, you know, ass to mouth, not. Oh, <laughs> I don't I don't get that reference. Uh, well, Jeff. <laughs> I don't more want to get that reference. It's when more two, of those ass play adventures you were talking when about. When two earlier. sexually mature human beings love each other very much or are drunk. <laughs> I think it'd be more along the drunk side. <laughs> One will suggest the other. Well, okay. Let me start from the beginning. <laughs> no, no, I think we're good. We don't need a detailed play by play. Can we go back to that thing we were doing earlier? I don't know. There's been a lot of weirdness between then and now. <laughs> I feel like a shower should be involved before we go back to that first thing. Ah, I've drank half a bottle of tequila. That just, that just shows what a coward you are. <laughs> a shower and an enema? Nah. Getting to it. Oh. Yeah, that reminds me of that that game show where the, the, the it's the dark room and they have to guess what's in the box by like smelling it. <laughs> it's my ass. It, yeah, it's like oh, it smells like ass, and then it's like ding 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 ding. Like he got the question right, and he was just like oh, oh I knew it was familiar. <laughs> God, it's very musky, like an ass. Like, yeah, it smells like an ass. You're correct. Oh. <laughs> I put my nose on it. <laughs> I got real close. Like, how close was I? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, let's roll the video. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to assume that was a Japanese or German game show. Maybe German. I think <laughs> it's American. It's not Japanese. They're speaking in English. Japan goes hard on its game shows. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. 
they would put the ass right in your face like a suction cup. <laughs> uh, not and you would see it coming. Not gross in any way, but if you're a fan of Jack Black, look up Jack Black on Japanese game show, and it's hilarious. <laughs> what? It's so good. What is he doing? It's like he's having to listen on headphones to a song and sing it in a way that the, the contestants know what song can guess what song it is. And obviously he doesn't speak the language. <laughs> so it's just him doing... Like he's doing the like he always does the the skinny bop bop with his like he, he oh he's he mouths yeah. he mouths the instruments instead of singing the words and they're all so impressed but it's really funny because it's just it goes all over the place. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Speaking that's really of going good. all over the place, I was afraid you're going to tell me he was like doing that fake kind of racist uh, <laughs> Asian language. Uh, no, but I was reminded that Jack Black has done blackface in a movie. <laughs> I mean, most of them have. Well, in Waterworld, that was oil. He was just dirty. I don't think he was uh, in Waterworld. No, yeah, he was the, in Waterworld. Recon rewind. Uh, oh, that's with right. him and most deaf, they're doing they're doing um they're sweeting movies that he's accidentally destroyed. Uh, there's a scene where he's uh, Danny Glover character from a movie, I think. <laughs> predator or uh, see the predator, uh, lethal, lethal weapon. weapon, or something uh, like that. Yeah, and I'd forgotten all about it. Too old for this shit. <sighs> Which is funny because Danny Glover is also in that movie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he had permission. For yeah, the record, I mean, you know, Jack Can't Black go. was the pilot in Waterworld. Was he? Yep. Wow. Huh. Huh. He's been in a lot of movies you don't remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember him in that one with Bruce Willis where Bruce Willis shoots him with the remote control. It's called gun. The Jackal and it's phenomenal. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess it's for a Bruce Willis movie, pretty good. Yeah, it's not <laughs> bad. He's a bad guy. He's, yeah. Yeah. You get you you get to see Bruce Willis in the rare bad guy role instead of the rare bad actor role. role. <laughs> 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 There's two or three movies where Jack Black is just like a tech guy in a van. Enemy oh, of the yeah. State. Uh, or, yeah, Enemy of the State. Plus some others. I can't remember. I used to know the list. It was like, oh, he's tech guy in a van in like two or three movies. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever actually remember seeing him and recognizing him was the Jackal, but I recognized him from an episode of X-Files. I'm like, hey, it's that guy from the X-Files. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes the X-Files kind of fun to go back and watch sometimes. Yeah, because they have weird, like, people people who are nobodies at the start show up in there, and then they have big people in there in the, in the like, their declining years, and then you have just have people who are just still big now, like... Yeah. A lot of walk-on roles for the X-Files. Like my favorite episode of X-Files was one of, was like a Christmas special episode. It had Lily Tomlin and Peter Boyle as ghosts hmm. that were fucking with them in a haunted house on Christmas. <laughs> my favorite episode of the X-Files is where they cut down the really old trees and it unleashes like a new wave of locusts that kills people. <laughs> And the whole episode is them trying to keep the lights on in the cabin so that the locust won't come in. It was like the, a real believable episode of X-Files for me anyway, at that age. 
and it was scary. Oh. Uh, the worst thing about the X-Files is probably the X-Files movies, but... <laughs> no. The only line, the only thing I remember from the first X-Files movie is uh, David Duchovny uh, taking off his pants in the Arctic Circle and saying, please remember, this is the Ar- Arctic Circle. <laughs> <laughs> On account of he was worried about people seeing his dick, you know. Yeah. Mm. It was a dick joke. I remember the dick joke from X-Files. He was worried about people not seeing his dick. Yeah, like David David Duchovny worried about someone seeing his dick. I don't believe it. Because <laughs> yeah. that, that other show he did was basically just him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Californication or? I don't know. It's like oh. he's a not- notorious sex addict, fucking David Duchovny. That was, that was the character in the other show. Yeah. yeah. He was a writer who was a horrible sex addict. <laughs> he had a lot to play with there. Um, yeah. Didn't have um, to dive deep on the old acting yeah, no. shops for that show. Yeah. <laughs> I had a big, big menu to work with with acting wise. Um, so enough about David Duchovny's dick. Who brought that up, <laughs> asshole? Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was Terrence. It, it was it was you, Terrence. I know, I know. <laughs> I wanted to see David Duchovny's dick since I was sixteen. It's fine. Ah. Uh, well, the truth is out there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <clears throat> At any rate, when we last left off, uh, you guys had just basically dominated a small strike team of Githyanki pirates in the astral plane. However, the last few seconds of the combat were suddenly interrupted. Well, the oncoming approach of an astral storm, the Gith Yankee ignored you and immediately began trying to secure the vessel to uh, to weather the vessel to weather the storm as it is coming too fast to evade. <clears throat> the party opted instead of trying to cling on to the side of the vessel or anything like that, just to get up on the. Um, Get up on the deck and try to seek shelter with them. The captain, uh, basically knowing that you guys put him down, what is it? Almost eight crew members. It was <laughs> not, eight crew members. Yeah, not they eight were numbered. Um, he recognized our big boss energy. Yeah, he immediately began barking orders at you, and, and once you started doing it, you just uh, continued to, to to go about securing the vessel. It takes a couple of minutes, but everything begins to tighten down. The, the sails are withdrawn. The masts are are pulled down and secured. The hatches and windows are closed, shuttered, and sealed off. And finally, the crew begins to uh, file down in the last remaining hatch. The uh, the captain, watching everyone go down, snarling, until you guys basically are. are what are you he's got his sword out standing by the door and he's watching to see if you guys attempt to go down decks well, is this ship going to outrun the storm or they're they're buckled down to go through it yeah nay it'll be here soon very soon would you allow us to book passage on your vessel book passage <laughs> still You've shown, you've shown yourself as worthy combatants. I'll grant you that. 
But temporary you not, truce? <laughs> you'll not be welcome down there. He looks at the uh, the helm where you you see you see he's got sort of a grim expression on his face, and you realize that uh see, this ship would be utterly at the mercy of the storm unless someone stays at the helm. Hmm. Is there a way to strap ourselves strap myself to, to the helm to help guide it through the storm? You see the captain already has like um like uh, a pair of manticles on his wrist, preparing to do it himself. He huh. says, perhaps we can make a deal. <laughs> yes. Mm. We don't make deals with evil. Stab. <laughs> no, it's my responsibility to make sure this vessel makes it to the storm, but I'm not keen to die in it. If you can get us out of this alive... Then your then your your people are free to go, even the naked one there. <laughs> I've got pants now. Do you have any other slaves in your hold? <laughs> well, we call it treasure, but mm-hmm. yes. Oh well, in that case, I'll make a deal for the rest of them as well. The ship will have to come through completely unscathed for that sort of generosity on my part. Are you willing to make that deal? He looks hesitant. Uh, those of you in Knowledge Plains know that despite these uh, Gith Yankee Corsairs like blustering attitudes, they are not inherently chaotic creatures. They are, in fact, extremely uh, lawful, lawful creatures. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, he frowns, winces, and says, Aye, more slaves can be acquired. Okay, then let's do a walkthrough of your ship. We'll document every piece of damage that's here, and if anything is new, we will forfeit. <laughs> no time well, for that. There's going to be minor damage. The whole point here is to bring through the ship fairly unscathed. I mean, there's no matter what you do, there's going to be some minor damage to the storm. Now, Captain... I need more information. Is there a place or way? Because I'm more useful to non-planar ship um, usage. Yeah, here in the plane, what would be the um? Where where should I aim for? What is the goal here? What's the best thing? Translate as much as you can for me before this happens. He thinks for a moment. You'll want to ride the top of the storm. Get us upward as quickly as you can. Make sure we're on top of it. It'll probably lay us down somewhere in. He points off in that direction, in a, in a in a direction. I didn't. I stayed out here too long during this season. Uh, All right, I will. I will go to the um to the thing and bind myself to the um, so I can actually secure myself as much as possible. He uh he 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 offers you the manacles that he is wearing. Uh, the key with those, please. And the key, he's <laughs> grinningly. Then I will do so. Uh, he's, he says the, the main thing you want to work out, work through, however, is the obstacles. This vessel is sturdy and has weathered many storms. However, it will not weather crashing into one of those. And he points in the distance at one of the petrified god corpses. Okay. Um. Just my knowledge of like regular sailing is 
just my no, normal sailing capability going to be enough to do this? Or am I going to require something special? Like, will I require help from some one of the companions to do this? Uh, well, since you have both knowledge planes and profession sailing, um, I'm going to say that, yeah, it might require, it might not require any more than you, but another hand would be helpful. I also have knowledge planes, so I'd be willing to, to stay up here and help. Mainly as a spotter. <laughs> oh, so high perception. Yeah. That would be me. Oh, wouldn't hurt. I got a pretty high one, too. What's yours? 10. Uh, 14. And I can make it 18 for minutes. I just don't want to go down there with the rest of the crew. <laughs> well, if he's given his word, he's given his word. Yeah, but I don't want to go down there with the rest of the crew. <laughs> well, if you're going to stay up top, you're going to have to lash yourself down. I was planning on that. But I want to lash myself in a way that I could actually be useful and, you know, help. All right. Well, spotters would be useful at either end of the vessel. Mm. Four and aft. Take the four. Then I'll take the aft. The captain, seeing that you guys have resolved to do that, he looks to the, the remaining member of the group and says, are you coming below, coming below decks? He seems like... You know why, Zarius, but he seems more deferential to uh Ryan than the rest. Oh, Miss Lady Godsmack, lawful good paladin. <laughs> he knows that her words are bond. Also, the the Yankee society, not quite on the level of drow, is pretty matriarchal in general. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. They they pretty much worship oh. their god their god Lich queen. queen. Yeah. Then I would ask, are, are you going below? I mean, am I safe if I go below? <laughs> You'll be safe till the storm lifts, and then we'll see, my dear. I would suggest staying above. Yeah, I think in. I'm gonna do that. If we were, if we were all going down, we'd all, you know, that'd be fine. But without us all going down, I wouldn't. Take Not this well. aged cat man as a sign of goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> he looks around at the storm and says yeah yeah you know what maybe i will see what the galley has on offer. i'll set up somewhere where my strength can be useful because that's pretty much my best quality in a situation right. like this okay that would probably be toward the aft where most of the steering mechanisms are well that's Just where i'll go lashed in yeah, everyone gets lashed in, tied down as best they can. The captain goes to the last hatch. Says, "You fools, brave but fools." Absolutely. Best of luck. Best of luck. Um, primes, and uh, he, he shuts the door behind him. I immediately try to um, move the vessel to where I can get above the storm as much as possible to ride, almost like the crest of a wave. Ride yeah. the crest of the wave. The, the ship's steering mechanisms are the only thing left, and they are partially uh, mechanical, but also partially wheel-driven. You see that the um, the center of the helm has a, a, a enormous crystal jutting out the center of it, and it's all connected to the huge brass wheel. And you can feel your, your will kind of briefly just become part of the vessel as you touch it. 
the the keel becomes an extension of your of your spine the 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 rudders become part of your your legs and feet you are uh, you you meld with the ship in a, in a in a in a very basic uh animal way and you think that you can sometimes even see out of the strange uh, demonic masthead at the front in a kind of a doubling of vision. Trippy. The rest of the vessel, uh, you guys who are on the fore and aft, it's just you on the fore, right? Both board? Yeah. And on the aft, you have uh, Ryan and Fidelis. You guys have all basically lashed yourself down as best you can, and it's deadly quiet uh, here in the astral plane. You guys are still surrounded in the the both the dead bodies you created and the debris of the house that collapsed in on you as you approached. Nothing seems to be moving except for the huge rolling black and silver clouds uh, roiling. Um, like an ex- like an expanding explosion out from behind you. And after less than a minute, after the door closes behind you, basically it hits you like the wave of a bomb. Wind explodes all around. You can see lightning and a variety of colors exploding everywhere. Uh, Wraith uh, begins to grapple with the wheel, um, Intensely, and I go ahead and give me a profession sailor check for me. All right. 26. 26. All right. You're able to hold 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 the wheel steady as the um the the first initial shockwaves of the storm slams into you. You're able to instead of having it go end up and and upside down from the plane or from the relative position of pl- the plane that you're on. You're able to angle it up towards the top of the storm and immediately begin climbing on the expanding uh, explosive motion. Those of you on the four and a half, give me perception checks. 19 aft. All right. A 35. All right. Six. Okay. Um, 35. You're able to. Uh, <laughs> You're able to like look out your uh, your trained your druid training is coming in extremely helpful here as you can you're you're pretty good at making things out in bad weather anyway. My uh, special ability gives me the eyes of the eagle, so it gives me the low light vision and a plus four to perception. So like I'm I'm using magic right now to to, to get that bonus. Okay, then yeah, definitely you uh, you see that the um, you can see the outlines of these huge earthbergs and they are. In the, the the silhouette of the storm's lightning, they, the the dead god godlike figures almost come alive. Um, you can see them silhouetted starkly against the storm as lightning arcs all around them, and they they take on a more fearsome aspect. And you can see that they are slowly being moved by the storm. Things that would probably not be able to otherwise be budged from their astral space are being slid in various directions by the omnidirectional gusts of wind. At the rear of the vessel, you see what appears to be, um, it's hard to, it's hard to explain it in a way, any way other than uh, a wave of polka dots. 
<laughs> of various colors being washed out behind you in your wake, Fidelis. Little po swirling pools of color that are uh, just basically churning in this void. You see one of the, the pools of color basically engulf some of the debris that left is left behind by your uh, by your arrival. And you realize this is one of the dangers of the storm. This, These color pools are active, open portals, gaping wounds into other planes. And you knew if you knew the colors, you could probably tell where they go. The storm progresses a bit more, uh, gaining speed, gaining momentum. Give me another check, uh, Wraith. All right. I got a 24 and yeah, I'll leave it at 24. All right. Um, you pull the ship hard as the, uh, the winds change direction on you, attempting to suck you back down below the, uh, the crest of the storm, but you're able to pull it back up again without too much difficulty. Uh, but you hear from the front, I'm just going off your previous check that there is an upcoming, uh, an upcoming obstacle. You, uh, Wolfboard, see the jutting arm, uh, the size, uh, probably just the forearm and hand itself is maybe, maybe, maybe a hundred stories long. That is basically just curving down as it spins through the storm, moving towards your vessel as if to smash it. Warning! Warning! <laughs> you hear a dim sh shout from the front. What are you telling him to do, uh, Oathboard? Um, so it's coming from overhead? Yeah, it's basically just, it's coming from below decks, basically spinning around towards the vessel. So uh, turn away from it? Left or right, huh? Yeah. Uh. Left or right, but the current trajectory up is, is going to get you guys destroyed. So turn in opposite direction from it, see if we can squeeze out of it. If it was like a wave, I mean, are we kind of like inside of well, a no, wave? No, because if, it, if it's coming from under us and it's over us, we'll yeah, have to imagine, go left or right. Uh, here, here you go. Imagine this is your vessel. If you can see me, everybody can see me. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Imagine this is your vessel, and this is the godly arm, basically being spun in the storm to do this which is basically just it's spinning like a pinwheel but you guys are happen to be going into one of the flailing arms of the pinwheel so we need to zigzag yeah all right which is i can't remember on boats and i'm not uh, starboard no so hard to port like, hard to starboard left, left or right <laughs> port, left, port is left starboard left. is right <laughs> Yeah, yeah port. so that sounds like a port well i mean i can see this coming also well no you can't because it's coming oh like this <laughs> he sees it because he's at the bow well i mean and, didn't you say i could see some out the eyes of the demon for um yeah a little bit like i said it, it's distracting more than anything okay this is something you have to get used to yeah well, jeff let me do this well i did let you, you do it but i'm trying to also figure out what's the best route to take you left. gotta trust you gotta trust old Fort. he's telling you what to do all right old Fort's saying go to ports give me uh, another check Okay, I am in, okay. ignoring Fidelis. I, 
<laughs> He's already said his part. There's portals behind us. Run. Um, actually, I'm I'm ignoring Freaks <laughs> right <Yeah>. in a second. <laughs> um, I I am using an inspiration point here because I feel like this is very important. So you could hear it in my voice. Yes, the the, the sheer terror. Um, so twenty two. Uh, 31. Yeah. 31. Uh, you um, hear off board, understand what he's saying. It's something incredibly dangerous going up and yank it as hard to port as you can. Just in time to see the tips of these massive clawed stone hands coming up over the bow, which you see veer, you veer off rather quickly. You can hear the stone of the hand scrape against the side of the vessel as you just narrowly avoid it. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can see like one of the fingertips, you, Fidelis, can see one of the fingertips itself just disappear as it s- swipes through one of the portals. And, and you can see, and then finally you can see the massive stone figure spinning off into the void behind you and disappearing into the storm. The you're able to catch yourself again and write yourself heading back up again. This is uh, about ten minutes into the into the storm. Well, then I'm out of my spell. The storm uh, goes on, and you are able finally to get to the top. Uh, Wraith, you can see. You guys feel the wind lessen uh, as he basically bursts out of the storm clouds. And while there is a lot of it, you can st- you can look down below into the darkness, into the swirling, churning, lightning-filled darkness. And it looks like you're finally on an ocean instead of in an in a uh, airless or in a void. As these this uh, wave and um, roiling uh, clouds of astral energy just push and push and push you guys on. Mm, give me knowledge planes or actually just intelligence checks. Uh, you two at the back. Uh, that is a 16. Um, That's a, oh. Go ahead. Natural one. Natural one. Okay. <laughs> on it. Minus one. What, what did you What did you roll? Intelligence or did you roll knowledge planes? Intelligence, because I don't have planes. All right. How about you, Fidelis? Oh, I just rolled intelligence. If you want knowledge planes, that's yeah, uh, 20, knowledge planes. twenty-two. Okay. Well, twenty-two is actually a little close to where I'm looking for. You okay. spot you bought you spot something roiling to the surface, and it brings back a little bit of memory for you. Whenever the house exploded, that. Uh, the that yawning black implosion. It was all black until the very end when it was, it was black uh, streaked with bluish m- m- lights, like a like a like marble, really, like black marble is. You see a pool that same color that seems to be uh, churning in the wake behind. Ah, that uh, I pointed out. I think that's our way home. That is what my intelligence is telling me. Yeah. My knowledge planes. That seems, yeah. You think that is the way home, definitely. Okay. I, I shout that out and relay it. Does it look no. like the ship will fit? Um, give me another knowledge. Knowledge. Give me another engineer. Knowledge engineering. 
Don't have that. Okay. Intelligence then? That is a 17 for a 17. All right. Uh, you think most of the ship will fit. All right. <laughs> I suggest uh, if we turn towards that and go through, we can get all these slaves and get Yankee back to our plane. But that would not back. that would not protect the ship because if the ship you, you sure the ship will fit? Most of it. Okay, most of it's not all of it. And we pr- promise to protect the ship and the crew that's inside of it too. Or we can just go ourselves. There's there's other ways to get back to the material plane. This, if we go now, selfishly, we could endanger this crew and the slaves. Mm, that's true. I'm going to try to continue going forward, but we we now, actually, that's a good catch because now we kind of know what the portal looks like. So we can actually see if we can find another portal similar looking to get back. All right. Uh, choosing to, uh, to ignore the obvious uh, escape route home, this is uh, the DM disheartedly. No, and and maintain your honor. You you bravely uh, continue forward. Slowly, the the um, the portal to your your home plane sinks out of sight and is replaced by others that seem to be churning in the wake beh- behind you. Uh, front, give me another perception. Uh. 23. I'm getting tired. All right. Uh, My smell's gone, so. (laughs) The wind has been blowing, constantly stinging into your eyes this whole time. However, through the blur, you can see that there is a a large conglomeration of um, broken stony bits ahead. The, uh, the, The same direction in which the captain pointed him. The place where the uh, the storm would probably break, which he seemed pretty uh, pretty despondent about at the time. Like you're guessing that the this is basically the beachhead that that the storm will crash into. So it will require extra caution and uh, care for on the part of your pilot. Yeah, I'll give him all the advantages I can with my sight. All right. I uh, will use another inspiration on this and one. And you get a plus two from your spotter. Um, you rear spotter. You're going to attempt to aid him as well. You can see uh, that, like, booster. the wind has a hard time. You in particular, uh, Ryan. The wind, he's having a hard time basically moving the rudders to the wind. You're guessing he might actually just need a little help with the actual turnings of the wheels. Oh, yeah. I will. Can I strength with that? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, go ahead and roll roll to assist there. Give me a strength check to roll assistance. What do you have to get to assist? Ten or more. Yeah. Okay, I assist. All right. Thirteen. So plus two more for that. I got a seventeen on my perception. If that's what you were saying, I can do to assist. Yes, you can. You can basically make sure that nothing else is coming up from behind that he needs to worry about. Okay, just from my stuff, not including anybody else's bonuses, I'm at a thirty-two. Sweet. So that brings you up to 38. Um, between the four of you, spotting, uh, steering, using your, your, your trained skills as a sailor, and basically just 
hoping against hope that everything will turn out right. The the ship seamlessly navigates through these enormous jutting shards of dead god. As you see the storm uh, exploding, uh, di- dis- dis- uh, disappearing, uh, dissolving <coughs> in bursts of light and lightning as color pools slam into these rocks, taking chunks with them. Um, you are sent in awake through the uh, through the stone, which he guides you through carefully, quickly. And out the other side, you can see the still churning grayness as the storm collides with the uh, the the bank of uh, stones. But everything around you is still, while windy, uh, largely calm. Shortly thereafter, the doors of the lower decks open up, and the Gith and the Gith Yankee file out, all of them looking at the vessel, followed by the captain. I disconnect myself. All right. Same. Unlash. Yep. They they are looking around. They all seem pretty skeptical. And when the captain takes a takes a brief tour of the the upper decks, looking over to the sides, he sees some scrapage. He looks around. He sees like a lot of the stuff that was left on the uh, the decks blown off. But beyond that, he seems extremely impressed. He walks over and says. Well, well, well. You prime has proved yourself way more than useful. Are you sure you don't want to be Corsairs? <laughs> and I actually laugh out loud. Very well. We have wrong, had a wrong adventuring party for that. <laughs> <laughs> we had a bargain and we, I will fulfill it. But I can't take you back to anything. I can't take you back to any dock that I'm welcome in. Otherwise, you'll get snapped up just as easily. Uh, so, I'm going to let you out in a smaller outpost, and you'll have to make your way from there. That's better than the alternative. <laughs> yeah. And, Captain, I will say this we did have a chance to actually get back to our own plane. But because of our agreement, we honored. The always humble wraith, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good because your grandfather would have been dead meat if had had you had you abandoned us. Uh, Marcus (laughs) stumbles up from the front, uh, his fluffy orange tail trailing behind him, his ears twitching. You see, he's got a um, kind of a a frothy mustache. But he wipes away uh, after taking a, a, a swig from a, a big mug. He's like, ha ha! That was amazing! I haven't had this much fun in years! These guys are great! <laughs> He's been drugged! <laughs> well, he was a mercenary to begin with. Yes, he seems to be able to insinuate himself in many crowds, <laughs> pretty easily into a crowd of... Uh, well, thuggish types. <laughs> and he just has that kind of bearing. Like uh, He's still the person he was before he was a cat. Now he's just older. They even gave me some armor. <laughs> and, he, and he basically like, he begins strapping on some very blood-spattered uh, armor. <laughs> he's like, pretty good stuff. Probably needs a cleaning. 
Oh yeah, yes. have I gotten to... I need to fix my armor. They uh, they give you the use of um, their their armor. He's not pleased about it, but he uh, everyone everyone all the crew to you especially uh, Ryan seems especially like either uh, like just low key spittingly hateful or deferential to you. Mm-hmm. The rest of the uh, captives they have, about 15 or so, are various other people that they've snagged from the Astral Seas or just taken part. They tell you, you find one dead body amongst them, and it looks at first like a Gith, a Gith Yankee, but he's wearing more monastic clothes alike. The captain looks down at you as you examine the corpse and says, well, you know, we give you all the living captives had you did it. Understood. Uh, glad you do, my friend. <clears throat> and you see, he says, there's also a monster in the box, but we're not giving you that one. What kind of monster out of curiosity? Oh, I can't open the box. Well, I, I trust your word, Captain. Good. I'm we have asking. a to open the box. I'm just curious, what kind of monster did you catch? We caught one of the squid faces out here. Spy vessel. No, I would not expect you to give that up. Nay. (laughs) He's going to fetch a price for us just for the privilege of killing him. The, The shrimp is, well, it's hard to say how long it is. Like, you know you sleep for four or five times after you get tired, but there's no day or night here. There's just tired and not tired. And I will spend time actually speaking to the captain, getting kind of a feel for the social things of the, the um, astral plane, mostly trying to learn his get the get language. All right. Uh, that That's not a part, hard to do. You hear a lot of like, it's easy to catch up context clues and the gift talk to each other primarily in gift un- unless one of you asks them a specific question then they will bust into common um the captain will give you some choice phrases if you like yeah. uh they are everyone is keeping it nice and dip- diplomatic they have a promise to keep you kept yours and they are doing the same they are not they don't sound like they're eager to spread the word of this but <clears throat> they are following through grudgingly. And after what you think might be a week, you, st- you pull up, the vessel pulls up to um, a huge, cre- uh, a, a, a place that looks like um, a massive man in a fetal position. On, on its back appears to be a small town. He's like, here you go. Your last stop with us. Well, they go below. You, they go below and release the uh, the captives. <laughs> Some of the captives get irritated that they don't get their stuff back. But they're happy. You should be happy you're getting away with your life. And yes, fi- this but, is true. And finally, the uh, the they basically, like, the captain says, all right, get off my ship. How many captives did we free? Uh, 15. What are their names? 
Jim, Slim, Tim, uh, Kim. <laughs> I can just insert that uh, from Ted where uh, dude names off all the white girl names. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kelly, Brittany, <laughs> Stephanie. He does it really fast, though. <laughs> Were any of those with an Ann at the end? Uh, yes, there's uh, <laughs> Ruth Ann, uh, <laughs> Kelly Ann. Okay. Well, thank you for your honoring of the agreement. Definitely a nod of respect to him, mm. and then continue onward. You may be vile slavers, but you have some honor. <laughs> I hope we never meet again. It will be a shame to kill you. Oh, I you can't. should hope that we never meet again, for it would be a shame. It yeah, would not be a shame. <laughs> it would be a shame for you to die. Just make sure you all charge at me or try to run away from me in a fight. <laughs> also throw daggers. <laughs> yes, throw daggers. <laughs> I'll put it right, right between your eyes. All right. Uh, you and the captives basically step off the side of the vessel and begin to fly over to the small town. What is the name of this port, by the way? This port is called Endless Tears. Oh, good. Sounds <laughs> promising. Hell's Grief. Welcome <laughs> to Hell's Grief. Endless Tears, the small town on the back of this uh, obviously distressed dead god is, uh, like most things in the astral plane, made out of debris found in the astral plane. Either uh, mortared together bits of stone, uh, cast off wood. Some things are just made of bones of some of the larger astral creatures. It is a little town, maybe numbering about 300. They don't seem to be uh, terribly upset that a massive uh, Githyanki Corsair vessel is here, and you don't see any Githyanki in town that looks like to be a place where the rare place on the astral plane that is neutral territory. There are a lot of um, creatures that habitate here, and most of them seem to be... uh, pretty like down not either not down on luck but just like most of them seem to be kind of old <laughs> like they've come here as just like a last resort and there's you know, a witch around find the witch <laughs> no but the one thing you two you two with planner knowledge knows that, that they came here probably to avoid dying it's a retirement village for people afraid of death. The astral plane probably has several of these. As no one dies here, time stops. You guys notice that while you have drank and eaten on the vessel there, you weren't hungry and you weren't thirsty. Did we go number one or two after each meal? Yeah, well, no. I mean, that, that happens, you know. If oh. you, but... Biological processes still continue. Yeah, the biological process. If I could eat all the pizza rolls I want with none of the diarrhea, I wouldn't leave this place either. (laughs) The astral plane doesn't have anything like time in it. So, 
It brings up a lot of questions if you really think about it, though. Like, it is really weird. It is weird. Like I said, eating and drinking here is optional. Aging here is not optional. You just can't do it. <laughs> but if you can't age here, does that mean this? Like, if, like, say you had some kind of debilitating disease, like a tumor or something, would you come here? Would it stop growing? Ooh, I'm going to say that I'm saying it would probably. No, it would probably kill you. Like things can kill you in the astral plane. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's your not, body, not time. That's yeah, it's your, you. if it's your butt, it's your body rebelling, it will kill you. If it's like aging, it won't. Yeah, but aging it's, is the growth of your body. Mm-hmm. And if the tumor is alive, like a cancer is alive or any bacteria is alive and it stops aging, it would age past the point of killing you. <laughs> right? Don't bring a science to my magic. I'm <laughs> I'm so saying that's rest. Yes. <laughs> Five of them, actually. I'm saying let's just suspend that disbelief for now and say. Mm-hmm. That, well, I was just thinking uh, there, there, there could be like a fun like hook there. Like there's this this actually, holy you know, order. Like, of I, the more like, I think about it, the more I think you're right. I, maybe if it is a biological process, it would just stop here. Right, but there could be like a holy order of like medical professionals who have access to this plane. They can send patients here oh to guide, give them more time. Just a fucking horrible hospice in the middle of the <laughs> Right, but a hospice where there is hope because eventually they might find a cure for this thing you have. It's like cryo-freezing, but magical. Yeah. And now, here's a... You have here's to be awake you still get bored. Yeah. Oh, nice rest. Yes. Yeah. Five, several five nights rest. All right. Well, several rest periods. Like, like I said, day and night isn't really a thing here, but... Now, here's a, another question. Could you, like, come here and spend 40 years just pumping iron and then come yeah. back to the prime material just straight jacked? Well, that's the reason why probably Githyanki are probably, on average, better fighters than most because, you know, they spend most of, they spend most of their youth on a material plane somewhere. They don't talk about it. And then when then they come back to the home plane after they've hit like adulthood and basically just live out the rest of their <laughs> until violent death lives. <laughs> How do you give birth on this plane? You don't. Mm. I How definitely do? don't. Um, and how is time relative to this plane to our plane? Is it? No, it still goes on. Like, just the effects of time don't work here. You can be here for 40 years, and you go back to your plane. 40 years has passed. You look like you did 40 years ago. Uh, so it's almost like a time travel loop. Well, I guess if you want to wait around for 40 years. <laughs> it's it's the same kind of time travel as actual time. You can wait 40 years, and 40 years have gone by. It's the same kind of time travel as cryo. Doing, going into cryo for 40 years and coming yeah. back up the same state. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way to think of it. Oh, no. We'll go back to idiocracy. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no. Like, this is... It is coterminous, like, with the... with the Material planes? With the material plane, with, with, the, with the various other extra-dimensional planes. It's on the same clock as them. The clock just doesn't do its damage here. Mm. Oh, it's Flight of the Navigator time. I guess. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah, no, because that doesn't even work. Yeah, I guess you're right. Of the Navigator, again, a movie I don't remember <laughs> very well. <laughs> we don't age. 
I got it. I got it. Okay. It's Neverland. Yeah, because Flight of the Navigator, yeah. he wasn't gone for that amount of time. It didn't seem like that amount of time to him. No, that yeah, that's Einsteinian shit. Mm, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's Neverland. Uh, Tucker has it completely right. It is yeah. Neverland. If you come here, a boy, you stay a boy until you leave. And you can fly just by thinking about it. And you yeah, that's right true. Bangarang. But anyway, bangarang. Bangarang, endless tears is not a bangarang kind of town. <laughs> it's a town filled with old people that run cafes, uh, occasionally get news from the prime material planes, and are just trying to live out an existence. Is it called endless tears because the god has waterfalls out of his eyes? Uh, no, it's called endless tears because it looks like the god is crying. But you know, uh, that it would have been cool too had I thought of that. <laughs> I just thought everything was multi leveled. It's it's weeping gods all the way down. <laughs> oh God, I hate to see that dead god. It's just tur- turtle on top of turtle on top of turtle. <laughs> and what kind of weeping are we talking about? Like a like a like a good stoic cry, or is it like those boohoo <laughs> snotty? Like it's just gross to yeah, look like, at like, for us. Ed- Edvard Monks, the dead god. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. Or the, um, what is it? The nesting dolls. <laughs> <laughs> it's the god of nesting dolls. It's the god of, uh, it's, it's the god of dumplings from uh, <laughs> Love and Thunder. That was a very adorable god, by the way. Bow, <laughs> god of dumplings. And yeah. so much Love and Thunder. Yeah, so we, uh, we, we Superman our way down. And we Superman. The uh, by this time, like, you, like once the um, the captives that that you guys basically rescued watched the ship sail away, like some of them, it finally dawns on some of them that they're free. Like they just did not expect to hmm. not be ex- worked to damn death in some Githyanki mines or, or some other astral creature or some other extraplanet creatures. And we'll actually explain to them what what happened. And yes, we saved your lives. Yep. Get that credit, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm good. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna brag. Yeah, that we did. Sat yeah, Brannigan over here. Did. <laughs> if it wasn't Pardon. for us, you would have spent the rest of your eternity as slaves. Worship and me. A, and on top of that, actually, actually, kind of uh, give them a visual of what the storm was like of us, on, everybody on deck doing their damnedest to keep everybody alive. Right. You know, yeah. Zap Brannigan. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, you tell your story, and a lot of them are extremely impressed by it. Some of them are pretty distraught. Like they are here, incredible. Like some of them here are, are incredibly accidentally, much like you guys. But they just they weren't they didn't they didn't get here in some uh, at the end of some epic fight. They walked into the wrong outhouse uh, <laughs> in, in a, while they were visiting a town somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> They're like. Well, how the hell do we get home? That's <laughs> a question we all need to figure out. <laughs> need Endless to find tears. your portal. Endless Tears offers very little in help in that dire- in that <laughs> direction. You see that there is a main cafe here in town. <laughs> it's an old it, town cafe. It gets it gets little business as far as the cafe portion. Although people just get used to not eating until they get bored and eat something. So, like. 
whenever you get there and like your mind is still is still telling you like dinner time supper time breakfast time but like your body is not responding in in any normal way i guess miller time my head's kind of picturing (laughs) like a midwestern town old west town where like there's a big center street yeah it's like a it's got a high street all the buildings are made of basically junk and wood 24 7 bingo (laughs) (laughs) a lot of rocking chairs like it all it eerily reminds your group of the place that you were trying to rescue initially (laughs) right the place time forgot again (laughs) <laughs> you keep finding yourself in these towns filled with old people. I suggest that we find whoever is in charge and see if we can't find some information. A powerful right. wizard. <laughs> okay. The town itself um, actually has a lot of number of signs. It says, one says, welcome visitors. We don't, we can't help you. <laughs> uh, the... <laughs> <laughs> Can't stay here. This is a local shop for local people. Looking for work also while we're doing this. All right. For advertisements. Make a make a diplomacy check to gather information while you're here in this small town. Well, actually, well, what I'll do is this I'm astral town, hamlet. I will use my spell. All right. To he pick up the city. Yes. Mm. I got 27 diplomacy for talking to folks. All right. Well, while you're casting a spell, she is I'll, talking. I'll, I'll help her while he's doing the spell stuff. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you guys find out the easy stuff. Who, who's in charge here? Where do you go <laughs> for supplies, etc.? Things like that. So I, I go lines for five rounds. What are you, what are you, what are you looking for? Uh, this is just does. Uh, it gives me information for the, um, just like doing a, um, a diplomacy check for local information gathering, but I use my perception instead. And basically, just like anything that would be interesting, like work, anything about portals, stuff that would be interesting to our group, to that kind of stuff. <clears throat> All right. You guys find out between spells and just good old-fashioned legwork. I'm just going to lump it all together. So. Okay. Between spells and good old-fashioned legwork that the town is administered by uh, an aged dwarf uh, that looks to, that is basically like they came here because they got tired of um, using a wheeled thing <laughs> to get around because they don't have any legs. Mm. And so the, the town's mayor there's an elderly dwarf that just flies around with you know just to to avoid having to use the vessel use a, use a wheelchair and is uh basically always up in everyone's business and he is the one that gives you information you street level information gatherers the the skinny on everybody else the, the town has a number of amenities for visitors that are important one, yes, they do have a way to contact uh, contract vessels to get you guys to planes that are more amenable to your needs, particularly the prime material. Though it takes a while, they say. 
uh, up up to two months in quotation marks. They say <laughs> like that we got we have a clock in town and we remember to wind it sometimes, but sometimes we forget. Um, they tell you that they have a astral guide here with his own little vessel that could probably take you portal hunting if you're looking for a particular color pool. If if you know the color pool you're looking for. Hey. We do. And uh, they tell you that they also have um, uh, an outpost of one of the... (laughs) They lean close and whisper the word factions. Mm -hmm. What are those? (laughs) All right, you're a prime, I forget. (laughs) (laughs) Um... He says, well, in the city of Sigil, there are a number, well, were a number of factions that ruled the city. They uh, were in charge of everything. Philosophical organizations, they called themselves, but that's neither here nor there. They basically were the top dogs until the Lady of Pain, the person actually in charge, tossed them out of their ear. And so they fled to various places uh, well, or broke up. The one in this case did not break up. They stayed together. So it's like a, a deposed governmental organization. Yeah, but they were multi-planar in nature anyway. That was just their main office where they had the, the majority of their power. This person talking to you is giving you a lot of information that some of it may be apocryphal. But. What do you mean? Apocryphal? Like, in my. Like, you're talking to a small down person about a big city thing, so not all of it's going to be true. (laughs) It's a rumor mill. Yeah. Well, we got a very small Doom Guard faction here, faction house here. What faction? The Doom Guard. They believe that death is the ultimate uh, end for the universe. They are. They like the. They think entropy is the most important thing. I don't understand. They, they're good at smashing things and killing people. They're a mercenary group for the most part. Uh, paramilitary, you know what I mean? They keep, a small, they keep a small emergency armory here. We don't talk about it much because they haven't really come back for it. Last Doom Guard in town died 10 years ago. Their uh, safe house is... Uh, well, it's locked. Let's just call it that. <laughs> hmm. So if you're from if if you're from them, and he looks around, and says, "I'm guessing you ain't." <laughs> I'd stay away from that. He points to the building, which is the most ornate building here, in the sense that it is actually like decorated. Uh, it is made what appears that appears to be like entirely out of terracotta mud 
shellacked black and spiked with jagged bones all the way around. The doors itself are huge iron affairs that have been rusted over. Uh, it has no windows and it has the symbol of the Doom Guard upon it. Um, which, if I recall, let's see. Is there a knowledge we can roll about the Doom Guard to determine if they are a. They sound like a not very nice organization. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead and roll Knowledge Planes. Knowledge Planes. Natural 19 for a 25. Uh, the Doomguard believe that the decay and entropy of everything was not only inevitable, but a good thing. It was supposed to happen. They're trying to hasten the end of all things. Chaotic. <laughs> yeah. They basically are, let's see, the, 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 their main faction house is now on the negative energy plane, where it always was, but they did have a powerful presence on Sigil before they were ta- cast out by Lady of Pain. <laughs> uh, there are a number of undead members, of course. Um, let's see. Doom Guard, Doom Guard, Doom Guard. Yeah, basically they're, they're mostly mercenaries and hitmen. Like they are, they aren't necessarily a benevolent force in the world. They and they basically on sigil they ran the city armory like they were they're there to create things that destroy that is that is their thing they want to destroy they want to make things that destroy they want to promote the degradation and destruction of all things that is the the fundamental tenet of the doom guard you guys happen to have a random uh weapon storage house here on the astral plane next to you sounds as if that this group should not be well armed for the benefit of everyone <laughs> well you're gonna have a hard time disarming them you said they're gone well we're not touching it in case they come back what if they decide that you know maybe they want to bring entropy to hold endless tears well then we'd have to find somewhere else to live now out of character between us this sounds like um, well, away from this character. This is this is us having a huddle up. I don't believe these people should have this armory here. They, they don't seem to be the type to like. Even if this was their home base, it would be the last place that they destroy. But they still want to destroy it. Uh, so essentially what you're saying is you want to basically raid the place I think that would be a good aligned thing to do (laughs) also incidentally netting us a lot of weapons (laughs) that's just a byproduct happy accident if you will well that's up to you guys Um, uh, Wraith you know that the Doom Guard are a pretty expansive organization they are used to like fight interplanar wars like you since you're obviously way more knowledgeable about planes and shit um but Mm. the question is are they a big enough organization where they won't realize that they've lost track of something like this yeah (laughs) yeah i mean if they do come back and it's damaged or destroyed or gone 
or they might reek. they might not even have an idea what's in there if we go in there and take stuff maybe they you know maybe someone else came in the last person that was here from their place took the stuff out mm-hmm. if we go in take stuff out and then lock the doors back as if nothing happened you know maybe okay. they'll think otherwise sounds like theft to yes. run and is stealing from thieves wrong yes it's still stealing is it yeah it's still <laughs> stealing. if it has been abandoned i wouldn't be opposed to borrowing with the true intent to return items <laughs> but, but this is this would be like stealing from someone who wants to nuke the world because that's my favorite David Bowie song. The man people here planning on using that stuff against them if they come back. No, they haven't touched it in because they're afraid of them coming back. Mm. <laughs> Marcus leans into your huddle and says, "Man, I sure could use a new sword, though." <laughs> we could look at it as not disarming or arming ourselves but disarming a, a greater foe that was my original thought i think i've met some doom guards before swell guys mainly you know they got they're kind of nihilistic but you who isn't you know after a few years of doing mercenary work i probably could have joined up at some point what well, i feel about <laughs> this one having weapons <laughs> Hey, I have hands again. I want to use them for something, and I only have one marketable skill. Yeah, we're tired of seeing what you use your hands for now. (laughs) (laughs) Just because they're a little fuzzy does not mean you need to use them all the time. It's an episode of uh, Futurama where the Satan got uh, Fry's hands and Fry got Satan's hands. Satan's like, they keep touching me all the time. (laughs) Yeah, they'll do that. (laughs) <laughs> oh god what'd you do to my hands i cleaned them <laughs> uh, marcus now that he's roughly in a human shape um he seems to have despite his age reverted back to his pre-married state he, he gets along pretty well with most anyone that will drink and talk and tell a good story he is um, not an advanced stage. You realize that he's just one of those people that probably looked mature when they were like 15 and just stayed that way. <laughs> like 40, somewhere in the late uh, mid 40s, maybe something like that. Yeah, he looks like uh, at maximum, you'd guess he might be 58. <laughs> at maximum. Um, Terrence, um, since we're still kind of discussing stuff, I do want to get to know the uh, the prisoners that came with us. Okay, kind of get a little bit more story from them, kind of feel where of, they came from, that kind of stuff. Okay, a lot of them are humans. Some of them are like uh, uh, Genasi that have made their way to the astral plane. Some of them uh, tell you that they were point blank kidnapped in a port and <laughs> ha- actually know where they need to go and what portal will get what color color pool will get them there. But they got on the wrong side of the Githyanki pirates during, you know, card games, things like that. <laughs> like, so, basically, the group the group you rescued is roughly half 
uh, half planners, half primes. The primes are confused and scared. The planners are irritated and want to get back home. <laughs> so fortunately, there is a ship that will take you portal hunting. Yeah, well, that's the thing about portal hunters. You find out rather quickly. They want money. And uh, the, the, the Yankee took all their money. Hmm. So we have to raid this armory in order to raise funds to get these poor people home. <laughs> nah, he's got, he knows what he's talking about, Marcus. <laughs> it's the only good thing to do. It's the only sane thing to do. Well, we, and just to verify, they're you know looking around town, going through our spells, using them to gather more information. There's technically no other kind of uh, jobs or well, adventure around here. Oh, there's plenty of jobs and adventure, but the jobs are pretty tedious, and the adventure is not actually here. It's always somewhere else. <laughs> the job is dishwashing for $15 an hour, which is incredible. Here. As the dollar doesn't exist, and no, yeah. nor, nor do ours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's your pay for the entire month. That the, one hour. Washing dishes in a timeless dreamscape would be horrible. <laughs> um, so basically what it comes down to, here's 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 what you were faced with. You know, there, there's one guy in town that can probably help you track down a portal home. You are you have rescued, and depending on your personal uh philosophy, maybe even are responsible for the uh the, the 15 extra captives that you have took with you. Mm -hmm. um, nobody has any money other than what you guys happen to have on you at the time. And um, so basically, yeah, that is what you need to decide. Are, are you paying this guy to find you um, a way out of the astral plane? If so, what are you paying him with? I know some of you have some cash on you probably still, but well, what does he want? Uh, he wants what any red-blooded uh, astral capitalist wants. Gold. And how much per head is yeah. it that he asks? He says, well, that depends on how difficult it is to find your your uh, portal, honestly. You know, so the trying. question here is, are we taking them all back to ours? Or to their where their original world is, if we can never figure it out? out? Well, a lot of them don't know what the original world is, and they have no idea what the color pools even mean or, or are about. But they definitely don't want to be here anymore, so some of them will volunteer to go back to your world with you. How well, many, if, they, if they give us descriptions of, like, oh, well, you know, here's the city I grew up in, um, and here's the country I was at, can we use knowledge geography to figure out if it comes from our world? Let's, let's throw it randomly to see if anybody from your world is actually here with you. Also, how many would choose to just stay here? You said not many, huh? Not many, and the planners uh, basically, like, after thanking you guys for the rescue, like, almost break off immediately. Some of them forming little cliques of their own because they've they've already been, like, captive together. So they're kind of, mm -hmm. like, bonded by that sort of thing. Ah, trauma bonding. Yeah, they're all kind of trauma bonded together. So they uh, they basically break off from you guys and say well we're going to try and get sigil that's the best that's the best place to try and find out where you're from and to get back there that's where all that's where all the sages live and that's where that's what we need well jim 
Tim, Ben, Barry, Slim, Paul, Kim, Ferry. <laughs> it was very nice to meet you all. I wish you all the best of luck. They nod and say, well, we're just going to settle in here until the next uh, vessel arrives that can take them to a sigil portal. Valentina, Maria, Christina. <laughs> I was thinking more more names that ended with A. It was from way <laughs> while ago. Sorry. Um, the other seven, the other eight captives that, that are from the prime material plane, uh, none of them seem to be from where you guys are from. Okay. Some of them, obviously so. Some of them are wearing extremely weird clothing. Uh, some of them are human only because they tell you they're human. Like they have like blue skin or one of them notoriously has one big eye. Um, <laughs> but they all claim to be humans. So this is like seven backup characters that we can have. <laughs> Actually, it sounds like the best strategy would be to get to Sigil. And then from Sigil, everybody can make a decision whether or not they want to go back Hmm. or stay there. And then we can make a determination of what we want to do. Instead of portal hunting randomly. That's not a bad idea. Well, I feel like I remember a group of evil campaign members making it to Sigil. Was that where they went? That is where they went. And nope. had to figure out what to do next. <laughs> and the campaign came to a screeching halt because they couldn't figure out what to do next. It was also I'm not like, saying it's gonna happen again. Well, if you're if you're if you're suggesting they go to Sigil, then the other primes that are not from where you're from will say, Well, well, we'll go with our other captives then. Like they're still they made friends with them too a little bit. You know, they can glom I'm, onto I'm just that. thinking it's the best thing for all of us because Sigil's gonna have the most option from what I understand. Is going to be most likely the most likely option for us to be able to find a portal back easily. Somewhere in Sigil, there's a portal that's going to be able to take us back to Galarian. I'm um, not Galarian, but um, Greenville. Yeah. So, and the, then, you know, if they don't want to go back to our plane, they don't have to. They, Sigil's very cosmopolitan enough. People could blend in there and probably enjoy themselves. All right. What do you, what do the rest of you say? So I can know what to do next week. <laughs> I still think we should disarm this dude. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we do that while we're waiting for passage. Yes, we, we also need to make sure we have enough gold stockpiled in order to book passage for all of these people. We are responsible for that. We, we snatched their lives from the jaws of eternal servitude. Okay. It is only right for us to make sure they get to their desired ends. All right, cool. So next week, uh, we will start start off with you guys uh, raiding this Doom Guard facility here in the town of Endless Tears. Um, the night before the your your escape is here to ar- arrive, basically your 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 ship your ship out <laughs> to get the sigil. Um, in an adventure that I'm going to call War Chest. All right. So next time, have a good night. Is that a type of cheese? War Chest? What? It's, it's, a, it's a sauce. Worcestershire sauce. No, oh. no, no. That's Worcestershire Shires. Worcestershires. <laughs> it's when you get a bunch of Shires together and the 
uh, it's Hobbit, Hobbit squeeze. <laughs> yeah, Hobbit squeezins. Hobbit squeezins. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening to Raiders of Blark, a product of Homebrew Detritus. You can check us out at homebrewdetritus.com. Like, subscribe, share, do all that stuff. I haven't said that in a bunch of episodes. Yeah. A, a byproduct of Homebrew Detritus. Like, we're, we are Homebrew Detritus squeezins. <laughs> I don't know. We might be the superior product. No. I think we are. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.